Today, Jack, the show is all about you. You're in full control. It's about your favourite area, cap space. So, mate, that's me done. This is all about you. Go. First of all, hello to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Let's talk to Jack Duffin. Let's bring in Jack Duffin. In our Westminster studio is Jack Duffin. Welcome back to the fourth instalment of the Jack and Greg Cap Show, where we're discussing um, building the fantasy roster. If you haven't what, listened to the other episodes, make sure you go back to the start. Don't begin now. Just a quick recap. Um, show one, we did the quarterback. So we took one in round one, one in free agency, one UDFA. Um, and we did running backs, we went round four, round seven in UDFA. Um, in show two, we did wide receivers, tight ends, tackle, guard, and center. Uh, wide receivers, we had two free agents, a round two, round four, and two UDFAs. Tight ends, we went free agent, round two, round five, UDFA. Tackle, we went two free agents, round one and round six. Guard, we went round three, round three, round six. And center, we went round three, round seven. Um, in the third podcast, we went um, D-line, so D-ends, we did free agent, round one, round three, round six, round seven. D-tackle, we went free agent, round two, round five, round six. And for the fourth show, we're going to be doing linebackers and cornerbacks, um, obviously as well. Massive thank you for Greg for coming on the show. Um, this is just post-record as we broke down the episodes because we talked that much and had that much fun. They were a bit too long. Um Go check out Surviving the Season. Check them out, STS Podcasts on Twitter, and go listen to their podcast. They do a great job, guys. And thanks again for popping back for episode four. The linebackers. And we spoke to each other before we did any shows, and we're really keen that we try and keep with a habit of sort of get a free agent in every room because that's something, even when you're going through a rebuild, it's important to have someone sort of to bring some leadership Obviously, not the sort of leadership Kenny Britt brought the Browns, but um, someone sort of a uh, figurehead and give everyone a steer. Other than running backs, you don't need a leader in the running back room. Run hard and uh, get hit. Yeah. It's really that simple. Now, I, I think the linebacker group is a young man's sort of uh, game as well because it's uh, your career short, sort of like a running back. Um, and then also you have to be able to run and hit and uh, – uh, keeping up with uh, tight ends and running backs is something I'd look at. So if we go free agent, I would probably want him to be like the head of the defense, somebody that was super fiery, somebody with uh, leadership abilities that can play that middle linebacker to, and then have some a young guy, rookie, work his way into that role. The name I saw looking through the free agents the last four years was Demario Davis. Oh, okay. And he's bounced around, so – relatively cheap. That's the other thing with linebackers. You can get them on a relatively cheap contract. Um, yeah. And he bring him in for one year. He's actually played well in, in the last couple of years and he gets no respect whatsoever. Nobody keeps him around. It's interesting. Or it's one of them where we, we just missed the free. Uh, let's have a free agent. Do you see any other free agents that names around? Uh, you know what? I didn't even look at free agents. Uh, what I was thinking about uh, on this, uh, because I, kind of thought we would go 
uh, young at this position. I was thinking Miles Jack types, Bobby Wagner. So those are the guys I like uh, that that style. I mean, Joe Schobert's in that style. Smaller running uh, linebackers that can run with guys. And those guys are second-round guys. I think that, like, you can go to the first round, but the guy has to be so – so complete of a linebacker. I feel like maybe outside linebacker is the only place you really want to go that where it ends up being an edge rusher. I think typically you get your middle linebackers second round and beyond. But second round would be a guy that you get super athletic and can cover and do those things and still come up and, and, and you know, hit, hit somebody when the, when the need comes. Yeah, I don't think there's a massive um, need for that sort of big capital in the area because I was chatting to um, Zach Moore from over the cap and he was basically saying that from what they've seen running back and linebacker are them two positions yep. where everyone can come in and do really well from the off um, and then players really start tailing off um, on the back end of their career it's the sort of the running back and linebacker they really wear down yep. and don't have as long careers so obviously there's going to be ex- exceptions to every rule but that was sort of something I picked up from them guys and you can find them pretty all oh, over yeah. the place. I mean, look at Jannard Avery. Uh, what Schobert was a fourth rounder or third, fourth or third. We had so many third round picks that year. I it's hard it to... A fourth. Was okay, He might've been the first pick of the fourth round. Which round was Cody Kessler? And he was the round after that. Third. Yeah. Fourth round. Okay. And I only know that cause I was looking at that yeah. this morning. Um, because I was thinking, people saying Sashi made a, a good pick with Joe Schobert. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think you can, it, just by looking around the league, you see guys pretty much go in, in uh, any round. So it, it just depends on what kind of free agent we're getting here, you know, to decide. If, if you're not getting like a top-of-the-line free agent, you're just sort of getting a guy – that can play you really want to get us like you you would probably want to spend a second round here just to make sure you got a guy that can come in day one and run with tight ends run with running backs and then also play the run you know that's why I'm thinking Miles Jack Bobby Wagner but uh if we're bringing in you know Demario Davis is sort of like he's fine but it's not like you're going to rely on the guy for the next five years I'm I'm just thinking if we're sort of making a call here um if we say we've got to use a second on a linebacker and or a second on a strong safety and the other one gets a third, say, which, which one? Because that's potentially a starting strong safety. Starting strong safety is, yeah, you could definitely do that in the second round. Yeah, so I'm more... Free safety, I'm feeling uh, free. You can get a starter free agent relatively cheap even, and I think they're undervalued. You could actually do that at strong. I think the safety position just in general is undervalued, so if you're going to go with a free agent, I would rather spend it in those positions and then draft linebackers to be young and almost like a running back where you, you know, you're going to have young linebackers that can run. I think the, I just, when you look around the league you, and you see it every year, there's always safeties available for free agency. They just do not want to spend money on, on safeties for some reason. And then you got, get a guy like Demarius Randall, who's one of the best. I mean, he didn't play safety his first couple of years, but he's proven to be one of the best ones in the league. I mean, I, I think every Browns fan would admit that was a complete, you know, home run from Dorsey that uh, getting him. And because what does he do? He can cover. He, he can play cornerback in a pinch. He comes up and hits people. And they were just willing to give him away for practically nothing and Deshaun Kaiser. So. 
So if I gave the option of free agent and then use picks in rounds three, four, and five, or go sort of two, three, five, six with no free agent. And then it, one unit. You don't even need – so I think you could go two, three. There's your starters because I think you get starters out of both rounds. And then you could even go seven and undrafted even. You don't even have your, – your backups, guys. Because we're only – how many are we doing, four or five? Uh, we're doing five. The fifth just okay. – the fifth's going to be eight. Probably yeah. only play special teams and decent. Yep. Okay, that's, that's what I was going to say. And really, two of those guys are going to need to play special teams. So your seventh round guy and, and your UDFA. Yeah, and third it's, linebacker, are we going in okay. the fifth? Yeah, you probably – I'm telling you, you can get – every single draft, you can, you can find guys late in the draft that are good, decent linebackers that you can play. So it's, it's interesting. <laughs> now, are they, <clears throat> are they at the same level as Bobby Wagner? No, but – you know, I mean, that just comes with where you're getting paid. I mean, there's a reason because you're just not as athletic. But then you've also got the other side of would you want to pay one that gets that good um, and use that first round pick? Because it's not just no, no, you don't want to pay him, but you're going to use him up like that running. Are you are you going to pay your running back? You know, Jack after his four year? No, you're just going to find another one. But you're going to <laughs> you're going to use him up. <laughs> UDFA's. Just bring them in on the conveyor belt. You're injured for a week. I are. Get another one. <laughs> no respect. Yep. Just poor old Lev Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The thought that I'd even offer a running back a million for one oh. game. Oh, disgusting. It's hard to believe. So and my bu- my buddy was adamant about Le'Veon Bell absolutely deserves that money, and now what? Ten weeks into the season, I'm going, huh? Le'Veon Bell still de- deserve that money or what? Or de- should we just give it to J- uh, Connor at this point? Le'Veon Bell has got every penny he deserved this season. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we just to nail this down. Round two, round three, five, seven, and UDFA. Okay, I'm happy with that. Yep. Let's find out. We're going to have studs. We, oh, bloody hell. There's loads of them. Obviously, there'll be some in here that are um, – there'll be defensive ends to us because um, the, the draft list Ed. I was looking at will call a uh, – let's look at some of them top names. A um, Who would you have sort of top ones? Uh, Harold Landry's in this list, for instance, because – um, yeah, in our system, it'd be a 4-3 D-end. But, hey, just bear with us, guys. Um, some of these names might seem like they're in the wrong list. We can only work with what we gifted. So, linebackers, second round. Kevin Dodd, Jalen Smith, Miles Jack, Darius Leonard, who I think could be an outsider for uh, Rookie of the Year hunt. I think he's been really good. Reggie Ragland, Harold Landry, Camille Correy, um, Benedict McKinley, Hauli King, ha, ha, I'm not sure, Eric Kendricks, um, Tyus Bowser, Denzel Perryman, um, Iwusu, uh, Ryan Anderson, Dion Jones, Sue Cravens, McMillan, Zach Cunningham, Randy Gregory. 
Yeah, so probably half of those are, are edge rushers that wouldn't fit our criteria, but the ones that are middle linebackers are pretty solid names on that list. Yeah, I, I'd happily have a hybrid of Miles Jack and Darius Leonard. I think sure. that, would, that would cause some carnage. Um, third round, um, Lorenzo Carter, Fred Warner, Jerome Baker, Duke Riley, Alex Anazoli, um, Tim Williams, Malik Jefferson, Lorenzo Maldin, Jordan Jenkins, Jordan Hicks, Nick Virgil, Carl Fackrell, Oren Burks, um, Paul Dawson, Dorian O'Daniel, Trey Hendrickson, and Kendall Beckwith. Yeah, so a decent group there. I'm telling you, right there, you can get your two starters in one year. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't take a fourth, but it's top of the fourth round, pick 99, was Joe Schobert. Um, fifth round we went with, got quite a few in here, so bear with me. Ben Heaney, Mark, Mark Drell, Spate, Shaquem Griffin, obviously what a story. Joe Juan Bentley, Micah Kaiser, Davis Tall, Brad Blown, the boy, the one, Jannard Avery. I'd still play him as a defensive end now, but uh, I love him. Carl Emmanuel, Jaron Jer- Jaron Brown, J- Jayon Brown for Tennessee Titans. Yeah, yeah. Kentrell Brothers, Okoronkwo for the Rams, Nerion Ball, Anthony Walker, Jermaine Carter, Matt Milano, Markel Lee, David Mayo, Atwonian Williams, DJ Alexander. Jatavis Brown and Ukem Eligui for the Chiefs. Yeah, and again, there's decent players in that whole group too, and then even flexibility. That's why that that pick of Jernard Avery is just so fabulous is because he can do a little bit of everything. Just just to take a pause on going through the list. Jernard Avery, if you had to if I said to you you can only play him in one of them positions uh, for the re- for next season. Would he be in your D end rotation or your linebacker? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but the problem, the only problem with that is he's only sub package only because yeah. you can't play him on first down against the run or anything like that. You're bringing him in past situations, and then I just think, you know, that that's just a part of what he can give you. Like, yes, that's his best aspect of it from what we've seen this year, but don't take away the re- like he can cover, he can come up and hit. He can fill gaps in the run game. Like, he can do that stuff, but he's not going to be able to do that consistently from a defensive end, hold the, hold the edge, that kind of stuff. He's just not big enough to do it. But, boy, I mean, he looks fantastic rushing the passer because of his quickness, the way he uses his hands, his little spin move he uses at times. Uh, I mean, the guy's got everything. Well, Greg Williams drops defensive tackles into coverage. So. <laughs> yeah, and I'd rather see them – <laughs> I would rather see them drop Jannard Avery into coverage uh, than, you know, oh, dropping yeah. Danny Shelton like he would do last year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute scenes. Um, round seven, to wrap it up, um, I, I didn't even know this name. 2015 draft pick, Hayes Pullard. Um, yeah, he's a Brown. Matthew Adams, Aaron Wallace, Bryce Hager, Devontae Downs, Stephen Weatherly, Josh Carraway, Quinton Pollig, Leon Jacobs, 
Travis Howard, Edmund Robinson, Stephen Daniels, Elijah Lee, Ewan Price, Andre Smith, Zaria Franklin, Mark Nichoa, um, Trevor Bates, Taylor Matikevich, um, Kendall Donison, Scooby Wright, what a name, uh, Joe Walker, and Xavier Dickinson. Right, and then there's like your special teams guys. None of those guys are really anything to write home about, but uh, they could probably give you a special teams and play in a pinch. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really expecting anything out of Tanner Vallejo, and I, I ended up shouting at the TV at the start of the game when I saw him out there. I was like, there's better players. And then he had a really good game, and I felt like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that shows just how bad Christian Kirksey is when Tanner Vallejo can come in and play just as good, if not better. <laughs> <laughs> Cut him. Save that money. Trade him. Someone will have him. Trade him. I don't, nobody will take him, I don't think. The Bengals. The Bengals, second and a third round pick to the Bengals. Yeah, maybe he will tell uh, he will tell uh, what's his name over there that uh, hey, this guy Christian Kirksey, leader in the clubhouse. We need to trade for him. Poor guy, he's a nice enough chap, but uh, yeah. Um, where are we at? So that is the linebacker room locked up, and then we're on to the cornerback room. Got seven in here um, to get. Free agents, I found so many good names. I'm just going to run through them now. Tremaine Johnson, AJ Boye, Stephen, Stephen Gilmore, Prince Amukamara, and Casey Haywood. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, too, about cornerback. Like, you just named some really good uh, boundary corners, outside corners. Um, what you need is three good ones. Like, you have got to have a good slot corner, and that, that is the most undervalued position on defense right now. Uh, you see that sort of with the Jags this year when they lost uh, Aaron Colvin, who's not having a great year in Houston, but he played so well for the Jags last year. They lose him. A.J. Boye and, and Jalen Ramsey don't play as well when they're missing their slot guy, and they've ran through a number of guys over there, Quentin Meeks, D.J. Hayden. They're going through trying to find a nickel quarter, cornerback um, because they're just getting uh, slaughtered that way, and it matters. Like, you, just having two is not enough. Like, you need four or five good corners on your team. Um, the easiest way to hit that, obviously, is by drafting a high one. I mean, we just know the percentages is better if you're going to draft a high one. But then again, here is one of these positions where you can get talent throughout the draft, and even in undrafted guys, there are just a lot of human beings that weigh 190 pounds on earth, that you can so there's a very very big crop of of players to choose from and I'm telling you it, you can find these guys at small college they're all over they're littered everywhere because college they're so hard to evaluate from high school where a lot of these teams uh, just run the ball I mean a lot of times when you see a high there's a lot more teams go to spread offenses and now and so maybe it's a little bit easier to evaluate these days but it's still a run based type football. And then these guys are overlooked and they go to smaller colleges. And then you can find these guys late in the draft coming out of some, you know, some college that you've never heard of and then being a star in the pros. So it, it is possible. And I think there's value everywhere. You just have to know what you're looking for um, and what kind of defense. It, it all matters. What, what is your scheme? Are you a zone-based scheme? Are you a man-based scheme? Do you play press man? you got to know because each of these guys have their own individual uh, strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, it was crazy looking through the, uh, the top 48 performing cornerbacks in the draft and in, uh, in the league in the last seven, uh, the first seven weeks. 
12 of them were undrafted. That's one in four of the top right. undrafted, which is yeah. crazy. And you talk about it's hard to evaluate in college. It's hard to evaluate in the pros. TJ yeah. Curry has looked like a bust all season and then has a day against Julio Jones, arguably a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Um, yeah. And he's just mad. He can't look after like nobody's. And yeah, Jones had 100 yards, but he had 100 yards not that impactful in the grand scheme of it. So, uh, right. crazy world. Well, I, I'll say one thing about like, okay, so he did that on a one week basis, but the thing, there is a thing that TJ Carey is actually good at, and that's playing in the slot. Like, if you put him out as a boundary corner, he's going to struggle. Now, did he do our, he had a good job against Julio Jones, but if, if you do it on a week to week basis, like anybody can have a good week. Can you put it together? No, you can't trust him to be a boundary cornerback on a weekly basis, but you can put him in the slot and he's very good. And people, when you see him getting burnt, most of the time is because he was stuck on the outside where he wasn't good. And that's why when we go back to the Tampa Bay game, when you see Demarius Randall go out and have to cover Mike, Mike uh, Evans, it's because they didn't feel confident on having TJ Carey out there and they want him in the nickel. That's fair. And so that's why there are guys that are just good uh, at, at that. They have a certain skill base. They cannot play on the outside, right? And they're undervalued. But you need that guy that can play on the inside just as much. So he's been valuable. I think he's even un- underrated this year what he's actually given the Browns because uh, it's so easily overlooked. So would I be right in saying we have the most expensive slot receiver and slot cornerback in the NFL as Browns. Is that true? Is that... Uh, wow. uh, we've definitely got the most expensive slot receiver. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is true. More productive. I didn't know we had the most expensive slot uh, nickel corner. But I'm, there's... You can get those guys... They're easier to find. I'll tell you why they're easier to find. Because they don't have to be as athletic. They need to be quicker rather than those speedsters. And, uh, and, and they can you know, the, the perfect one. And we're going to have to use a fourth round draft pick here because uh, San Diego uh, was San Diego when they drafted him, right? Uh, the kid from Iowa, Desmond King. Uh, I wanted the Browns to take him. How he slipped to uh, whatever round it was, the third or fourth round. I can't remember which one it was. Um, the, you know, that was that, that's a guy that uh, was completely undervalued based upon those things because they look at it, they go, well, he's not fast enough to play man coverage. And they undervalue a nickel corner. Yeah, it was crazy. If I just pull up them uh, grades and look at where he dropped, he was, through the first seven weeks, taking 151 in the draft, he was the third best cornerback. And it's just madness when you uh, compare him to all the names around him, first-round picks, and he's just gone and produced. So uh, yeah. I had on my list, I had one top free agent, a first round pick, and then I was going. I reckon a slot in the fourth is roughly where I'd like to <laughs> on a third, but uh, there's just not enough picks to go round. So uh, I went fourth. So I'm happy to go free agent one and fourth. Um, are we all right with that for our starting three? Yeah, for sure. Agent round one and round four. So where does that leave us for the rest of them? Um, we have free agents. Because here's the, this might be the one spot where you you know you get a guy a vet the, to actually show them. You could even get a guy past his prime a little bit. To oh, uh, we'll bring in one of these big ones. The, okay, you can spend a ton of money. Boye, Stephen Gilmore, and Mukamara, Casey Hayward, someone in that sort of 
yep. let's just go out and go crazy. Yeah, well, um, we should have a ton of cap, I would imagine, with the amount of – we haven't spent hardly anything. We are, we're paying all rookies at this moment. You know, we've, we've spent very little money. Uh, so I would imagine we could even go out and, you know, get at the top-of-the-line guy. Uh, what did Steve, uh, Stephon Gilmore, he went for a, a good amount of money, and then uh, A.J. Boye went for like $11 million last year per year, something like that. So it's, it's a good chunk of change that you're going to have to spend, but it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, they're always worth uh, – if you can get one. And I always say, with my free agents, I want them about age 28 or younger. Give them that four-year deal, and you'll be able to get production till the end of that. What I don't want to ever be doing. Unless you're in a Super Bowl window, don't sign anyone over that unless it's on sort of a one-year rental and you're in that window. But, uh, yeah, where was – Gilmore was $65 million, which averages out 13 a year. Um, which is a solid signing. Uh, Boye slightly more, but yeah, Tremaine Johnson was massive at fourteen point five million a year. But no, you, you can go out there and you, you're going to be spending the upside of uh, ten million. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's fine. We would have the money in this case. So with our, we'll have one UDFA in this room for the other three. Five, five, and seven, or yeah, that, I don't know. You could oh, no. probably yeah, go two UDFAs as well. I don't know how many we have left. Uh, we've got uh, use the one UDFA, and we'll talk about uh, special teamers later. Um, we don't have much respect for them. Um, that's sort of a, a slight preview to that section. Um, we've we can go. Uh, where are we? We don't have two fifths. We can go, we've got left two fourths, a fifth, a sixth, and a seventh. So if we definitely do one seventh, um, where's that? Levis, seventh, UDFA. There's two more to grab. Um, Depends what we want the backups for them to be. Let's go... Fourth and a sixth. Yeah, let's have another fourth. Why not? All right. Fair let's enough. Crazy. And we'll add a sixth. Throw them draft picks around because, hey, they're important. You always need another cornerback. And as PFF Steve says, every time he gets to speak, if you don't draft a cornerback, then you've not had a good draft. <laughs> because it's as simple as that. You've got to continue adding talent to that room. And uh, if, if a team on average, say, has between six or seven, you can always go and get a little bit better. Um, because why not? So let's find out what we got. Um, one of my favorite positions just doesn't get the love it deserves. Um, did we win with this first round pick? Denzel Ward, what a place to start. And uh, backed up, uh, this guy's all right, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, it goes a bit downhill, Eli Apple. Um, then Trey Waynes, Vernon Hargreaves, Marshawn Lattimore, Kevin Johnson, Marlon Humphreys, Marcus Peters, Dory Jackson. Wow, what a lad, this guy. Jair Alexander, um, William Jackson, Garyon Conley, Artie Burns, Byron Jones. Trevon Davius White and Mike Hughes. That's solid. Yep. Pretty, pretty solid group. A couple 
couple busts in there, but overall, it's a good group. And then we had two in the fourth round. Um, Tavon Young, Eric Murray, Ryan Smith, Nick Nelson, Justin Burris, Anthony Averett, Josh Shaw, Deron Grant, Teron, Teron Johnson, Avanti Maddox, Howard Wilson, uh, Richard Robinson, and Trey Walker. Um, we're going to change. <coughs> cough, cough. One of them fourths into a fifth. Just, just let you know. <laughs> okay. If you're scoring at home. Yeah, if you're scoring at home, we, we've just changed our mind just because, yeah, we wanted Desmond King. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> when we did this process, we didn't look at the list before because we didn't want to do stuff like this. But, hey, we've done it. So you're going to have to uh, deal with it. Uh, fifth round. Zach Sanchez, DJ Reed, Bobby McCain, DeMonte Kazee, Desmond King. What a pick. What a mate. Um, <laughs> Devontae Harris, Corn Elder, Dane Crookshank, um, Siren Neal, LaShawn Sims, Mate Hairston, Lorenzo Doss, Jamal Agnew, Damian Swan, Treston Decord, um, Ty Smith, Darius Phillips, Trey Campbell, Brian Allen. That's a lot of names. Yep, that's a lot of guys. So the NFL must be having the same uh, thought process. Grab a corner uh, late in the draft and see what you get. Now, it's a bit of a crapshoot, obviously, but uh, you know you seem to be able to um, you know, get a couple names out of there that are halfway decent. Yeah. Um, right, uh, let's just fly through this, guys. Uh, it's painful, but... We've started, so we might as well finish. DJ White, Perry Nickerson, Tevin Mitchell, Chris Campbell, DeAndre Houston Carson, Simeon Thomas, YOY, um, Charles Gaines, Anthony Brown, Karim Moore, Ja'Cory Shepard, Randall Evans, Blake Countess, Trayman Smith, Jeremy Clark, Quandre Diggs, Derek Johnson, Harlan Miller, Brandon Wilson, Maurice Kennedy, Cornell Armstrong, Marquez White, and Kevin Seymour. Not it's like uh, throwing a dart at a dartboard. Yeah. <laughs> Hard think, to evaluate. And it, I don't think it gets any better here either. Um, Jalen, Myrick, Jareen... Jeremiah Kelly, Adrian Colbert, Joshua Holsey, Ifo Ekpre Olamu, Greg Strootman, Dexter McDonald, Keon Crossan, Jack Tocho, Daryl Roberts, Akeem King, Prince Charles, Irura, um, Turin Nixon, and Kalen Reed. Thank God I won't have to read that again. <laughs> Stressful stuff. So, I think in hindsight, I'd have gone literally just ditch all the picks on day three and just pick up 101. Um, oh, we're trading up. UDFAs. No, I heard that. <laughs> UDFAs almost seem better than what, what got drafted in the uh, sticks. It's, I, I think it's a real crapshoot there because there's just so many, there's so many guys with similar skill sets to choose from. It really just comes down to 
uh, finding guys that fit the style of defense you're going to play. Yeah. Bring 15 of them in for every uh, yeah. at least and just uh, yeah, run them ragged, let them go and bring in some more and just literally give them a week. If I don't show anything, yep. uh, move them on. It seems though that like the top guys, the first round seem like a, a you know a much higher percentage of hitting as that's the way every single uh, position is. Uh, but those guys really stick out as the cream of the crop there. So on to safety, which is our final defensive position. Um, got two strong safety and two free safeties, and we're looking at free agent for each. So yeah, looking at the. Uh, Three safeties, I had Honey Badger, Kenny Vicaro, Trey Boston down. Hmm. Uh, Micah Hyde also would be a name that I would think from Buffalo. Um, yeah. There's one other guy I was thinking of, and now I can't remember who it was. Who, who's Somebody just got signed. To, oh, oh, we traded for him, De- Demarius Randall. <laughs> we weren't a free agent yet. That's right. <laughs> and uh, after, after his tweet about Hugh, he won't be a free agent for a very, very long time. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's, um, it's a position that if you can find the right person, teams, they're just not valuing it. Um, because I don't know if it's, they think they can get value in the draft. Um, they just don't see paying these people. Some of them aren't paid much. Um, when we signed Demarius Randall obviously played, played the position very well in college. Um, I think he was the top free safety on draft boards coming into that draft and was taken to play cornerback. Yep, he um, was. But Trey Boston was a name I went, just go out and sign him. If you can bring him in, um, if you want to go to a two-high set and you have potentially Randall and Boston or if you want to move it around and you don't really like Randall there and you're going to move him back to corner, then you bring in Trey Boston and you can move him sure. back to corner. But sure. BBC's played well. So if, if you've got them sort of two solid starting safeties, it gives you options elsewhere. Yeah, it's really uh, – for the Browns, it was everything they can do to ensure that Jabril Peppers isn't playing free safety again. <laughs> do whatever you have to do to make sure that doesn't happen because that's that, that sort of proves like – if you have players doing things that they're not accustomed to or they're not good at, then you're just completely wasting their talent. You see how much better Jabril Peppers is utilized this year when he's up towards the the uh, you know the line of scrimmage. That's where he should be. Hmm. No, and I'd almost go to the stage of if if you want to be out there with three line uh, three linebackers, make Kindred a starting linebacker, leave sure. Peppers in strong safety, and just go crazy because Kindred might not have great coverage skills for a safety but he's got great coverage skills for a linebacker so Mm -hmm. flipping around BBC has been sort of an interesting one for me this year was phenomenal in the slot last year Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's slight different systems um, but he struggled a bit this year there it might just been one bad game um, but then done really well at safety well you know part of it was I think is that they didn't even throw at him very much I think he had like the highest um where it was attempts per per play, where they just were not even throwing it last year. This was last year because they were able to abuse the outside corner so bad. Now, uh, remind me, what was the one guy's – what was the um, other cornerback that went to Arizona this year? I can't think of his name. Who went to Arizona? Uh, what, drafted? No, uh, from our team. He was a 
he was playing outside corner oh, last year. Oh, uh, Taylor. Yeah, so Jamar Taylor, the year before, played the nickel cornerback and played it very well. And then they moved him to boundary cornerback, and he got eaten up. And they did – that was a disservice. That was another part – another uh, area where you take a player that and put him in a position where he's not going to succeed at because he's not good at it. You have to know the talent on your team and play them in the right position. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So they did that, and then teams abused them. They, they picked on him, and they left BBC without uh, – you know, they just didn't throw his way as much. Now, this year, when, when you saw early on, of course, he was going up against – he really only played one full game there and that was uh, against the Steelers game one, and he goes up against Juju Smith, who's Juju is phenomenal talent. Like, Juju's a very good uh, slot receiver, and he ate him up. And then, uh, you know, so that, that plays into a part of it. They, go, they throw it to him because the outside corners are better this year. Um, and then, it, you know, so it might have just been almost bad luck, the fact that he had to go up against Juju week one and then loses his job based off of that as well. But the nice thing about BBC is now the positional versatility because not, not only can he play that position, but he can go back and play free safety. He can play outside corner if you're really super in a pinch. There's things he can do that he gives you. So he's as a, a, a reserve guy, he's got a lot of value to him. So he's worth signing. Now you're not going to have to go out and pay him to, uh, what, what, what we were just talking about, $13 million a year for a cornerback. That's not what he's going to go for. He's going to go for a couple million dollars a year, and it will be well worth it. No, no, I hope. And it's, it's really interesting looking at roster construction of how you've got a team like the Patriots that most of their middle um, group of players, they're all diverse in different positions. And it might just be playing different linebacker positions, different cornerback positions, different other things. But lots of them can play different areas. And as well, they've got a really unusual roster building way of most teams have got them few elite players and then everyone else. They've actually got a massive range of people in sort of the one to two million um, bracket yeah. because they want that sort of quality depth of it doesn't matter that that starter might not be as good, but if they go down or we need to rotate during a game, we're going to bring in someone just as good and keep going. And also right. you have the matchups of this person's good against that style of player. Oh, we're playing something different on this snap. Or this week we're going to do that. And uh, it gives them so many options. Right, right, right. Good point. So if we're going free agent for each, and then we're left with two fourth round picks. So, uh, yeah, I bet you can get decent uh, value on a fourth round pick. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you what those names are, but I bet you there's some decent players there. Well, I'll tell you. All um, right. <laughs> there, there's no um, divide in this list for free safeties or um, strong safeties. It's just safeties. Um, so here we go. James. Saypool, Clayton Gathers, Troy Akpe, Miles Killebrew, um, Tedrick Thompson, Eddie Jackson, Rashawn Jenkins, Ibrahim Campbell, Jordan Whitehead, Kazir White, um, Monte Nicholson, Dion Bush, Amar Amani Watts, um, DeAndre Hall, and our boy Derek Kindred. Yeah. Yeah, there's some decent names in there. The one that really sticks out is Eddie Jackson, and that is the tale of you get a guy his senior year that's injured, he, he breaks his leg, uh, and then all of a sudden his value drops. He should have been probably like a second-round pick, drops to the fourth round, and you get value just because of a guy was injured. 
Uh, I like those kind of picks. Well, Dorsey does it a little bit different. He gets the guys that were suspended multiple times. That's the same, almost the equivalent of being injured for a year, being suspended for a year. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's the idea of once you become a decent team, other than sort of your first round pick, you're not expecting anything from these rookies for one year. You yeah. start when you roster. You've got seven, um, what are they called, uh, inactives on game day. And you just see what happens. And hopefully that's where we're moving to, that you bring them in and you go, right, you're going to be our fifth defensive end this year. That's where you start. And you might have been a second or third round pick, but work your way up. There's no, you're going up against Chris Smith. You're going up against Ogba. You're going up against Garrett. You've got to earn your way. And Zettel maybe. And that could be the group of, we take a second round pick and that's what they have to fight on. Brilliant. Because make them earn it. And if right. it takes a little bit longer, I don't want it quite be that much of a project that we get Chad Thomas style weight, but uh, we, we want just see what they do because yeah, make them earn it. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, when you get draft a guy in the third round, you you're you should he should be ready to contribute day one. That's why that pick's bad. I mean, even in the fourth round, like you know, again, if we're in a pinch, you got to be able to rely on that guy to at least come in and do something and just not absolutely get completely roasted. Um, but oh. yeah, most of those names uh, that you mentioned there in the fourth round are halfway decent players. I mean, it's it's like fifty fifty there. No, I, th- I think it's definitely the case, and you- you've got to see what they do. So, free agents. Uh, not free agents, special teams. Okay. Um, we've got three choices left, and they are UDFA, UDFA, or UDFA. So, for the kicker. <laughs> UDFA, maybe? So, yeah. Uh, do, we, do they have to be – do they have to uh, be – I mean, we can't just make three exceptions and just take the the thirty third ranked punter from last year and put him on our team. <laughs> it's, it's UDFA or basement free agents. So okay, it's basement bargain. Yeah, that's what we're going here. Now, if you recall, Butch Davis spent a fourth round pick on Ryan Pontbriant for who was a long snapper. I don't. I I imagine uh, with your um, your love of analytics, that probably wouldn't fit into that a- analytics profile. No. Okay. <laughs> Long snapper. It's like, how can you not find someone? And for me, can you not get a center that does it? It's, yeah. It's a shock that you can't have a backup center that knows how to snap the ball 20 or, uh, what is it, 10 yards? Boom. Uh, seven yards on a field goal. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even know what it is. Punt, probably like, 10 yards at least. Gone. And uh, it, I, I'd hope that I could run a franchise where we could find a backup center that can yeah. do I say we save the roster spot. We just teach our our center how to properly long snap, and we're good, two and one. And then we find let's get save two, and we'll find a kicker who can punt. And now we got two extra roster spots. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Why not have a kicker and punter as the same person? Yeah, would, would help cut another one. Exactly. Um, so why why if there's roster flexibility for every other position, why doesn't our kicker have to have roster flexibility? Let me ask you that. <laughs> it's a bold take. It's a bold take. <laughs> I would love to just let's let's just trade some picks for Taysom Hill and can be our kicker, punter, backup quarterback. Right. Job done. Now are you familiar with Sebastian Janikowski, the place kicker being a first round pick? The Sea Bass. 
Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, the, the owner of the team, Al Davis, he's a hall of famer. They let him in the hall of fame. He selected a kicker in the first round. So, uh, Hey, the standards are being lowered every day. <laughs> We've got the same rule in our fantasy league. If anyone wants to, uh, draft a kicker in the first round, there's just sort of this special trophy that's not been made, <laughs> but is promised to anyone if they ever do it in a fantasy draft. Oh yeah. The, the brass balls, uh, trophy. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that's what you have to have to take a kicker round one. I'm going to take this kicker round one and I'm still going to win. That's how good I am. But the whole idea of kickers, I just want a kicker that's got the one guarantee I want for a kicker is no dead cap. So when he makes a, misses a kick and I cut him, I'm not left paying anything because okay. find him. And I'd, I'd have one on uh, the uh, practice squad just to sort of test them every week. It's like, well, if you miss this one in practice, I'm going to sign him and Oof. just literally just get in their head just yeah that's the complete uh the psyche of your kickers could be very terrible you're just even when he's 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 like 10 for 10 on the year you still bring in guys for for uh weekly uh workouts uh why do you have five kickers in this week well we always look we're always looking <laughs> you gotta find that little edge and pay them all the minimum with no guaranteed money it's just okay brilliant. good luck good luck getting the guy to make that super bowl kick for you <laughs> No, because we're going to win and be 20 up That's going right. the fourth quarter. And we don't just, need Here's what I know. If we get a good punter also, we'll trade him for a fourth-round pick, just like Sashi did. <laughs> yes. And uh, also, um, we're going to go for two every time. But that's okay. the red line for whoever our coach comes in. Um, so we don't even need kick for that. Okay. I like it. Um, I like it. Punters. Yeah. You, you, you Do can, we need an actual head coach or can we save money and just buy like, um, what's that big computer they have that's working out the IBM computer that's working everything out. It's like blue wave or something, something like that. And it can just figure out what we're calling every moment of the way. We don't even no head coach payment. We'll put it all into the players. We'll, we'll put it into our scouting department. <laughs> <laughs> An even bigger computer that does the scouting for us. <laughs> Watson, actually, that's the name of the, the IBM. Watson is the name of that computer. Yeah, so we'll hire Watson to, to run our front office from now on. Sign him. Sign him. Coaches, it's something we've got to talk about as Browns fans. So we'll talk about it more in hypothetical terms. If I was to say to you, we need a coach, um, mm -hmm. who would you be looking for for this dream team full of young talent? Uh, well, the guy that I really want the Browns to look at and, and it's tough to evaluate coaches because we don't get a chance to go in and see what they do. Well, there's actually a documentary about this guy last year for following the Georgia Bulldogs who, um, I don't know if you follow them. Kirby smart is the name of the coach. You can go watch him. If you watched hard knocks and then you watch the Kirby smart documentary, it is two different separate, it's separate worlds that they live in Hugh Jackson and Kirby smart. One guy is clearly uh, can see the talent on his team and can make uh, moves with the roster to make sure that they're doing things that fit the player. He even talks about it. Hey, we got to do things that fit our players, not have the players fit our system. Uh, he's a very good motivator. He's a guy that, uh, that uh, knows X's and O's and he's very, very organized. I think the, you know, he has to, your, your coach has to come in and set the, the bar. You know, that is the, the culture 
starts with him and trickles down. Like he has got to be the guy that everybody looks to the undeniable leader um, that, Hey, when this guy speaks, he's going to say the right thing because he always does because he knows what he's talking about. And when, when he speaks, we want to listen because we learn from him. He's a great teacher. These are the things that you have to look for in a coach. Now, um, how we, how do we evaluate that? We don't like, we just do not get, we don't know what a lot of these guys can do in a leadership. Um, we've never, a lot of these guys in the NFL that are up for these coaches have never even been head coaches. So then is that a red flag? Yes and no. I mean, it worries you because it's never happened, but who's to say they can't do it. We just don't know how good of leaders they are. So I don't know, Jack, that, that would be my pick for the Browns Kirby smart or my pick for our team. I don't know. What are you thinking about it? Um, I really don't know. There's a few things I don't want. I don't want someone that's been a head coach somewhere and didn't work out um, in the NFL because if they didn't work out, there's probably a reason for that and whatever went wrong there. Sort of uh, Harbour, um, McCarthy, them sort of names. It's like it doesn't excite me. Um, I'm not going, this person can take us there. I want someone that's going to be a long-term. So even though I don't mind Bruce Arians, I don't want him. Um, the Browns or this team, I'll, I want that long-term plan. Um, I want an offensive mind because what I don't want is we get a defensive head coach, we bring in a really good and upcoming offensive coordinator, they have a great year, and then someone hires them to be a head coach and Baker's got to learn a whole new playbook. Um, it just doesn't work. I think everyone now has got to be looking for who is going to be our head coach. They've got to be offensive. And I think you're literally going to hit a ceiling now with lots of, there's talented coaches that are defensive coaches, but you just, unless they can move over and sort of learn the other side yeah. and work that, then there's going to be the risk there. Well, I would, I would say this one thing. So, so the one, uh, Bill Belichick has been a head coach before he went to New England. So I would challenge you on that. And the Bill Belichick is also a defensive minded coach that has called plays before. And I, the reason why I say this is because, it, you, if you just know football, right, you know X's and O's, and, and the way that, uh, that he knows it on defense, that almost gives him an advantage because he, he can go and take the offense and, and know what the, what the defense is going to think by doing this. If, they, if we give them that, this look, this is gonna how, how they're going to react to it. And that's, sort, that's basically what, what Sean McVay is doing. The reason why when you play Sean McVay the second time, chances are if he struggled against you the first time, it's going to be completely different in the games that he's played so far is because he sees your tendencies. He sees how you, how you counter what he's doing, and then he's countering your counter. You know what I mean? This is a guy playing chess rather than checkers. He's taking it to the next level. And I think there's coaches that, that can do that, and it doesn't necessarily matter if you're offense, where you come from, offense or defense, because the best coaches are going to know both. You know, so I, I wouldn't just limit that to, you know, the, the name out there is Lincoln Riley, great offensive coach. But I bet if you sat down with Lincoln Riley, he can tell you why good defenses work out because he knows he knows them back and forth. You know, he, he, he knows what works against him and then he can break down why that works. And then that also, you know, so it's a well-rounded game. It, 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 the You know, Bill Walsh is, is a guy that I look at. He was a defensive coach uh, and an offensive coach. And, that, and he always says the reason why he was such a good offensive coach is because he coached defense and he learned it and he knew that. So um, it, it's, and, but how do we know? We don't know that. We, we can't just look and go, well, this guy, you know, this guy uh, knows this or that. We just don't know that from the X's and O's without being in the room. There's some guys that are just savants, you know, that's really what we need. We need the guy that is just on that next level and hopefully 
uh, Dorsey recognizes that and can actually find that guy for the Browns. But who, who's your choice? Like right now, who would be your choice? There's four names that excite me at the moment. Two from the NFL. The two that I like is Flip and Biennemi. Mm-hmm. I think they're just interesting in the right place and hopefully can take that on. But I think the reason why I don't want them is they haven't been head coaches. And the thing that's always bugged me is, is it a bigger gamble taking an NFL coordinator and not working out if they can be a head coach? Like, it didn't work for Hugh. Um, and there's other names where it just doesn't work out, that change of job. Is it a bigger risk taking someone from college who's ace being a head coach and expect them to be a head coach in the NFL and if they can get the right people around them to take the workload? The two names from college that are really um, intrigue me, obviously I don't watch that much, but it's very much from an outside and looking at what they've done, is Campbell and Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to see Riley. I know it's a massive risk, but hey, it's going to be fun. And what I want is I want someone to come in and I want that sort of Bill Belichick style let, let's have success and let's keep them here for a long, long time. Um, and that's why if I've seen someone go somewhere else and it didn't work or we're getting someone else's sloppy seconds that didn't work out, then uh, it, it's a risk. Sort of a McCarthy and a Harbour are the names that keep getting touted and it's just... It'd be yeah. end up now, personally, I think Harbaugh is a really good coach. I think he's kind of been hamstrung just because uh, even though they went to the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl with Flacco. Like Flacco has been so inconsistent, and that's what's really been keeping them up and down. But when you come every single year and your defense is uh, top of the line, and, you know, and he's also had Ozzie Newsom there, who everybody would argue is one of the best GMs in, in football. Hmm. Um, but, you know, he's got it done. I, I think he's a good coach. I think I would be intrigued by him because – I don't, it's tough. Again, like I, I, don't, I wouldn't be against that. I wouldn't be against the guy from the Eagles that I can't uh, – his name's uh, slipping my mind who coached – what is it? Uh, defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. Yeah, Schwartz, even though he was really bad. I mean, the team was bad with Detroit. I think, um, you know, he's done a good job with his defenses anywhere. But, again, I, like what I've – just from the little bit that I've seen, I watch Kirby Smart, and I, I see that the guy's on a next level. I think he's the next great young coach. Uh, he's Nick Saban's – like Nick Saban treats him like a son because he was that good at, at uh, Alabama, and, and he's got a lot of that Nick Saban in him. And, and I think he's a guy that, you know, when he sticks around college, he's going to win a ton of championships. And if he's going to come to the pros, he's going to win. Like, I think he's just a championship-style coach. So that would be the guy that I, I look at. The guy I want just for his interviews, and I don't care what job we give him, Mike Leach. Just okay. Just <laughs> go off about stuff. Um, when he was asked about, do you run a balanced offense? He said, well, yeah. I've got skill players. And if I'm running the ball more than 20% of the time, it's not balanced then, is it? And um, <laughs> it's just, what a man. Anyone that's running the ball 20% of the time is the right thing to do. That is my guy. <laughs> Didn't he say that every play is a pass play unless they audible to a run play? Didn't he? He had something like that, too. Every he call is that. a pass play. I say yeah. that all the time. It, that, that's how <laughs> I Go to the line. You, you call the pass play. Call the pass play. Get to the line. And if you're Baker Mayfield, you go, right, they've only got five, six in the box. The box is in your favor. Go for it and just run it yeah. down the next. Um, I think that's Mike Leach's thing, though, honestly. I think that's what he does. Uh, sign him. Sign him now. <laughs> Throw everyone else down. Let's get Mike Leach. <laughs> he is a weird dude, though, man. <laughs> he is so weird. He's out there. 
you, we would like him for about one, two or three weeks, and we go, okay, get this creep out of here. This is like this guy should be on to catch a predator, not not coaching our football team. Nah, if he's doing interviews and starts coming out with like a running back on day one, you must be mad. That, that'd be like that. That's my head coach. I don't care. Again. Oh, good stuff, Jack. Right. Well, thank you, Greg, for joining me. I'm, I'm going to throw out, I think this is going to turn into four, maybe five episodes. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's been an uh, amazing piece of work. Thank you for being with me. Once yeah. it's all out there, if people come back with a load of questions, I might have to try sneak you back in and do a uh, special yeah. question show. We'll have to change the name of the show to Jack and Greg's Cap Show. Okay, can we do that? Done, can we done. <laughs> done. Um, I'll see if I've done it in time for the uh, before the second one goes out. But yeah, 100%. It'll be Jack and Greg's Cap Show for uh, the rest of this series. Um, done. Sold. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. It was a good time. Good times. No. So yourself, um, tell everyone where to find you. Um, and then uh, I'll put this and I'll drop it at the end of each show. Right on. Yeah. So uh, you can listen to me and my brother. We do a podcast called Surviving the Season. Anywhere that you find your podcasts, uh, we are on Twitter often. Uh, you can get on there and talk trash to us. We love that. It's at STS Podcast. And uh, yeah, we're on there all the time and, and our shows are out there. We've done 200 or so shows and, and we like to have fun, but we also crunch the numbers and, uh, you know, talk a lot of trash. Uh, and the email, because you won't uh, email is uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what, what do we say, Jack? Keep on surviving. <laughs> there it is. This is the road to redemption. Hashtag road to redemption, baby. Here okay. we come. No, awesome podcast. Love the show. Make sure you go and listen to them, guys. They do some cracking work. And uh, good luck, buddy. Thanks for being on. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jack. It ain't about the-